in the life of Sister Lois Anderson, such a wonderful person uh, that she was to us, and she was so dear to all of us. But as we are talking about heaven, I want you to just continue to think about her because she has seen what I'm reading. Amen. There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true, and the other is to refuse to believe what is true. And this morning, these words in Revelation are the words of God. There are no errors here. This indeed, ladies and gentlemen, is the truth of a place that through faith in Christ Jesus, we will be able to see with our eyes one day. Amen. This is not a fairy tale. This is not uh, reading out of the newspaper. This isn't some story that an individual made up. This isn't C.S. Lewis or Tolkien or any of those individuals. This is the word of God that was given to John as he witnessed this wonderful place that we're going to get to go someday. Amen. You can go there. It can be your home. Amen. And Revelations chapter 1 Again, I'm reading now an amplified version. It's just a breakdown of Hebrew and Greek it all, is all it is. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there are no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city. This is John speaking. He saw these with his own eyes. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed like a bride adorned for her husband, and then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will live among them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Verse 4, And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be death. There will no longer be death. There will no longer be death. Amen. I am glad to report this morning, whenever Jesus came out of his tomb, he turned around and looked at death and said, Hey, buddy, you go in there. That's where you belong from now on. I have conquered you. Amen. There is no sting of death for us, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever our time comes and the Bible says it all you know, once, uh, it's appointed a man wants to die, and then the judgment, amen, we all know that my dad will preach and remind us that there's a day coming which will be our last day. But for us, that last day, the Bible says the death of his saints is, is precious in the sight of God. Amen. It's a time that's precious to him. It's wonderful to him because... He wants us to be in His presence. Amen. Praise the Lord. There will no longer be any death. And it goes on, there will no longer be any sorrow or anguish or crying or pain. For, for the former things have passed away. Amen. What we're living in right now, what we reside in, what we have to deal with every day is going to pass away and be no more. Amen. The, all the pain, the war, the sorrow, the grief, the oppression, the depression that we go through in life as humans, individuals, the, the good times, the bad times, it all gets melted away. It's all going away, and it is all glory 
after that. Praise God forever. I'm telling you the truth this morning. Amen. I want this to just bolster you. I want it to encourage you. I want it to strengthen your faith that you're not just working for nothing. There is a place that we can attain where we can be with God forever in his presence to see his face. Moses in the wilderness. He brought the children of Israel out. God comes down and God says, I want all the children of Israel to get ready. they got to wash their clothes real good because I'm fixing to come down and talk to them. Amen. I want to talk to them. Moses is like, that's great. That's perfect. Great idea. I'll get them ready. So the children of Israel get ready and they get washed up and they get close to the mountain. But God's like, now don't touch the mountain. Don't get too close. I want you to get close, but I don't want you to get too close. And they come together, and God speaks to them. Amen? And what do the children of Israel say? Whoa, we can't handle that, Moses. No, we can't handle that. I tell you what, you go talk to God, and then you come back and tell us what he says. You know, there was a, a gap there. Look at the difference between Moses and the children of Israel. Moses, after that encounter with the fiery bush wanted to always be in the presence of the Lord. So much so that he would not dishonor him in the least bit so that he could always be in his presence. And he went as far as to ask God, can I see you? And God was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You'll die. And I've still got to use you, you know. I've still got to use you. And he was able to see a little, a little bit of him in his glory. But the children of Israel... We're like, well, wait a minute, you know, that's just too much for us. It's not too much for me. I want to be like Moses. I want to be in the presence of God. Amen. When we worship Him, that's the whole reason why I come to church. It's to be in His presence, to begin to sing His praises. And we get, and I feel Him when He comes in the room. Amen. And I, before He even gets in the room, I'm worshiping and praising Him, inviting Him into this place because I want to feel His presence. Amen. And it is my goal. Amen. And I believe it is a lot of people that are in this house this morning that you want to be in the presence of God for all eternity. Amen. He has built a place for us. Such a wonderful place. But even in all this grandeur and all this glory, the greatest thing, Brother Dan, is going to be that I get to see Him as He is. I get to be in His presence 24-7, 365, forever. Amen. I don't serve God just for what He does for me, and He does a lot. I serve God because of who He is. Amen. And I want to see Him for who He is. I want to be in His glory. Amen. Let's continue to read about this wonderful place He's, he's made for us. Verse 5 and verse, uh, chapter 21, the Bible says, And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. We don't have anything to worry about, ladies and gentlemen. He is making all things new. Also he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. And he said unto me, It is done. This is Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who thirsts, I will give water from the fountain of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes the world by hearing faithfully to Christ Jesus as his Lord and Savior will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowards and the unbelieving, the abominable, those who 
are devoid of character, personal integrity and practice, or tolerate immorality, and murderers and sorcerers, intoxicating drugs and idolaters, occultists, those who practice and teach false religions, and all the liars who knowingly deceive and twist truth, their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with seven final plagues came and spoke to me, saying, Come here, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a vast lofty mountain, and he showed me the holy sanctified city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having God's glory filled with his radiant light. The brilliance of it resembled a rare and very precious jewel like jasper, shining and clear as crystal. It had a massive high wall with 12 large gates, and at the gates were stationed 12 angels, and on the gates the names of the 12 tribes of the Israel were written. And on the east side there were three gates, and on the north side three gates, and on the south side three gates, and on the west side three gates. If you want to go, you got plenty of doors to choose from. You can go from any side you can get in. Amen. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations and stones on them with the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb of Christ. And the one speaking with me had a golden measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its walls. And let me go, before I go any further, let me tell you this. I measure stuff all the time. Unfortunately, if you build a new house in Chattooga County, I'm probably going to roll up in a very old, beat-up police cruiser, and I'm going to have a tablet in one hand and a measuring laser in the other, and I'm going to start measuring your house. Unfortunately, after I get done and that's recorded, in the past, the years after that, you're going to be taxed on what I measured. Amen. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just the way it is. It's been around since ancient Egypt times. There was actually a, on the wall, uh, archaeologists found an old saying. It said, don't fear the king, fear the tax collector. So. You know, there's just, we haven't, there was a lady come in the office, and I'm going to continue. She said, isn't there a better way for us to do this? I said, ma'am, I've looked at all those ways, and governments have looked at all those ways, and we're still here. It hasn't changed. I said, I don't think it's going anywhere. Well, there has to be a better way. I was like, I'm with you. There has to be a better way than this. I said, but if we don't get this money, we don't have roads and police and schools and this and that and the other, and they just haven't come up with a better way yet. And until somebody does, we're stuck here with property taxes. It's terrible. It's terrible. Brother Brian, why did you choose that job? In the newspaper, it just wanted an energetic guy that liked being outside, and that's me. <laughs> Amen. That's all I saw. I didn't know what I was getting into. But here I am, and I honestly try to help people as much as I can. God bless our hearts, you know. But I'll be the first one to say, and on record, and the newspaper can record me, the property taxes are terrible. Income taxes are terrible. Taxes are just terrible. There's no other way around it. Amen. But I got a little laser in my hand, and what that does, I'll shoot that laser. And we used to have a rolling tape, and it tells me the dimensions of that house. And here the angel comes with a measuring rod with John. And he says, here's this city. Let's measure and see how big it is. Amen. Here, here, here comes John with his measuring tape. The city is laid out as a square. 
its length being the same as its width. And he measured the city with a rod 12,000 and about 1,400 miles. Usually we say 1,500 miles square. Its length and its width and its height are equal. He measured its walls also 140 cubits, about 200 feet according to a man's measurement, which are also angelic measurements. The wall was built of jasper, and the city was pure gold, transparent like clear crystal. The foundation stones of the wall of the city were adorned of every kind of precious stone. For the first stone, foundation stone was jasper. The second is sapphire. The third is chalcedonia. Man, I went over these pronunciations, but I'm probably going to murder these words. The fourth is emerald. The fifth is sardonyx. The sixth is sardinus. The seventh is chrysolite or yellow, the eighth is beryl, the ninth is tobaz, and the tenth is chrysoprez, I believe I said that right, the eleventh is uh, jansus, the twelfth is amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each separate gate was of one single pearl, and the street, the broadway, the city was pure gold, like transparent crystal, are you hearing me, we can't even imagine this place, Amen. I am an appraiser. I look at things off of what things sell for, and I'm able to put a value on, on them according to what sells in the county, what sells do, do everything. And I'm here to report as an appraiser level one from the state of Georgia that you can't put a price on this place. <laughs> it's priceless. Amen. I don't, I, there ain't nothing you could do to deserve it. There ain't nothing you could do to buy it. There ain't nothing you could do for anything. It is a priceless, wonderful place that has been built for you and for me. Amen. This is the good news of the gospel. You've got a place to go where you can be in the presence of God forever. Amen. Jesus said to us before he left, he said, If I go away, I'm going away, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go away to prepare a place for you, then I'm going to come and get you to receive you to my own. Amen. This morning we have a wonderful hope that bolsters us. It gives us, it gives me joy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength when I think about heaven. Amen. If you're going through a hard time this morning, if this life seems like it's just too much, we've had too much loss, if you've had too much depression, if you've had too much oppression or grief, Whatever you're going through this morning, you can make yourself happy in knowing that there is a city whose builder and maker is God. Amen. And it can be your home. Abraham was out of the land of Uz. And God spoke to him and said, I need you to come out of that land and get away from your family. And I need you to bring you on out. Amen. What was Abraham looking for? In Hebrews we read, Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Ladies and gentlemen, that city has been built. According to Paul and Galatians, what we just read, the new Jerusalem stands above us. Amen. And there's going to come a day after uh, what happens in the age, and we know that we've went through end times. I believe we went through uh, end times of Brother Byron before. Amen. And all that's going to transpire at the end, there's going to come a day with that new Jerusalem. John said he saw it. As it descended from heaven. And it sat where Jerusalem is now. 1,500 miles square. 
There's plenty of room in that city for whoever wants to go. Amen. There is, a, there is a street, a Broadway of gold that Brother Greg was talking about. He says his foot's going to hit it one day. And through faith in Christ, one day Brother Greg's foot's going to hit that, that's, that golden city. And it leads straight to the throne room of God. This is not a fairy tale. This is not just some story that's been made up by men of old. No, sir. The Holy Spirit reveals to us that this place that I'm preaching about this morning is real. It's true. And it was built for you. Amen. What a wonderful place God has built. You know why He built it that way? Because He wants us to be with Him. Amen. Ever since the fall of man that we read about in Genesis, God has been working to reconcile us back to Him so that we can have a relationship. I'm excited because I know that when I get to that city and that city hits this earth and all things become new, that I'm going to have a job to do. One of the crazy questions I get, well, that's not really a crazy question, from young folks is, what are we going to do in heaven? Because they're afraid they're going to be bored. <laughs> and I laugh and I'm like, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it. You're going to have plenty to do. There's going to be plenty to see. Amen. We're going to be on this earth with Him and reign with Him and be with Him forever. There's nothing more wonderful for, than that. And there's no decision more important that a person can make than to decide to let Christ be the king of their heart and their life so that they can go to that place. You heard me in Revelations chapter 20 talk about those that lake of fire. There is no relief there. No relief there. We don't preach about hell anymore. We don't talk about it because we don't want to offend people. We don't talk about the kind of behaviors and actions that people do that end them up there. God does not send folks to hell. Your sin sends you to hell. It's your choice. We have, we're not robots. We've been given a free will decision to choose. There's a lot of people that get upset with that. Well, how can it be free if what the consequences are? Amen. There are consequences for sin. And that's death and the second death. I don't know about you. I don't want any part of that. I don't even like getting hot around a campfire. Well, you know, sometimes if we're around the campfire and it gets too hot and I back up. You know, a lake that it, there's no relief there. Amen. This city that I'm preaching to you about this morning is a real place. Verse, uh, chapter 22, then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, creel, clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God. It's flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb Christ. In the middle of the street on either side of the river, was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And praise God for this statement right here that gets me always excited. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. If you watch the news, you know that our world is in chaos. Amen. We read this morning in Job 
where he said he wished that the Leviathan would have been set loose on his birthday. He never would have been, been born. That's just another way of saying that chaos was, had, would have ensued during his birth and he never would have been born doing what he had to deal with. Amen. We live in a chaotic world. It's completely turned upside down. Nations don't know what to do. There are no answers. Debt is in the trillions of billions of numbers that we can't even fathom. And, and this world is falling into darkness. The Bible said that it would. But there's a tree, amen, in heaven, the leaves of which will heal the nations, amen. There will no longer exist anything that is cursed because sin and illness and death are gone. And the, thro the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And His bondservants will serve and worship Him. What an honor to be able to serve and worship the Lord forever. Amen. With great awe and joy and love and devotion, that'll be us. They will be privileged to see His face and His name will be on their foreheads and there will no longer be night. They have no need for light, lamp light or sunlight because the Lord God will illuminate them and will reign as their King forever and ever. Ladies and gentlemen, the place that I just describe to you if you were to have to get on a cruise or an airplane to go none of us would be going because we couldn't afford it i know i've been looking at cruises because i'm uh, lisa wants to go to an island and i want to go see alaska and look at the glaciers and blah 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 blah. and that's about two or three thousand dollars a trip you know that's doable for you know that might be doable but this place if i had to get on a cruise or a airplane to go visit I don't have any money nor will I ever have enough money in my bank account to go there but I have wonderful news this morning it's free <laughs> it's free it's already been paid for when Jesus set his face like a flint to Jerusalem he was doing a lot of things he had a lot of things on his mind because he was going to get a lot of things done when he got there amen and one of those things, by shedding his precious blood, he was reconciling me to God so that I could go to this wonderful city. And the city, even as great as it is, is not the best part. It's being in his presence. Abraham wanted to be in the presence of God. Moses wanted to be in the presence of God. David, when he brought the ark back into the city, he embarrassed everybody because he was dancing for joy. It wasn't just because of the ark. David wanted to be in the presence of God. Amen? That is what is so precious, to be in His presence. Amen? And that's the way I want to be this morning. I want to be there. Sister Lois Anderson arrived at the gates of heaven just a few short, really short hours ago. There was an angel there, I believe, who's in charge of the book of life. I'm, that's just me speculating. I, don't, you know, I just think that's the way it is. And he flipped the pages and saw her name. <laughs> he saw her name. And he looked down and he said, Sister, enter into the glory of the Lord. And our dear this I'm not telling you a fairy tale, this is true. If you could even just imagine from this pew to this pew, there being a big, tall gate of pearl. Sister Lois smiled real big and she entered in 
to the presence of God, secure with Him to be there forever. Her faith and what she believed in has become sight. And this wonderful city that I have just talked to you about, I know I read a lot of Scripture, she has seen it with her own eyes. And not only that, she's also seen the one that bought her. I can't wait. I don't know what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. I, might, I don't know what I'm going to do when I see Jesus. But I just believe the way Sister Lois is, because I can see her doing this whenever Jesus came up to her, because I've, I've seen her do this to me before. She winked that one eye and she put that finger out. And she said, I've been waiting to see you. <laughs> That's just how she did when she meet folks. She'd look at you and wink that one eye and point her finger. Been waiting to see you. And she has met the one that bought her. Amen. She's met the one that bought her. She's seen God face to face and she's now in his presence. There's nothing greater than that, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing. Nothing. Amen. And this world, as, as it turns away from the Lord, let us turn to him and know that we have a place. Been built. Jesus built it. Amen. For us that we can go. You say, well, Brother Brian, that's kind of a simple, it's a simple gospel, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Children understand it. It's a simple gospel. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Amen.